It's Monday yet again. I knew this was coming. I knew I, I, I felt it coming on Saturday. I knew it was going to be Monday today. And carpro.com talk line 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line 71307. Since I had uh, technical difficulties at the bunker, we have no stream happening right now, but who knows? Let's see what we do. We don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I would like to throw a quick thank you to the uh, the Greenville County Committee for the SCGOP. They had me to coffee and politics the other day. And uh, while I didn't partake in too much of the coffee, I did talk a lot of politics. So that was fun. Who rem- Everybody out there, if you're older than, say, I don't know. If you owned a mobile phone in the 90s, probably most of you either owned a Sony Ericsson, sort of likely, or a Nokia, very likely. And compared to the phones today, those are referred to, I think, by some people as dumb phones. Remember, though, they, they, they did two things. They did texting, and they did, uh, they did they made phone calls. <laughs> the, this mobile phone thing, this was uh, designed as a tool to keep us connected. But then we got the smartphone, and uh, I remember when the smartphone came out. I, I did not get an iPhone initially. I got the first Android that came out. And that was this was supposed to be a boon to society. When the iPhone came out, in foreign countries, whole families would buy one iPhone, and that would be their Internet device. Today, the average U.S. adult spends seven hours a day looking at a handheld screen and then wondering why their eyes hurt. And there's only so much that Do Not Disturb can do against algorithms crafted to create dopamine hits. Because <clears throat> this phone is meant to engage you at all times. It's, it's an advertising platform in a lot of ways. It's also a way to dump a bunch of news on you that will be connected to advertising. And a lot of people are turning back to the so-called dump phone or dumb phone because those basically just had the main thing you wanted the phone for in the first place, which was to make calls and maybe text messages. Text messaging was a was just crazy great when we first got it, right? We used to use ICQ and MSM Messenger and all these other things. We thought that was the coolest thing. Then we got it on the phones. And we were just we were just free to free on the face of the earth. We could do what we want to connect and connect to whoever we need to. So the idea of stripping out all the unnecessary bells and whistles for some people is beginning to seem sort of, uh, I don't know, sort of uh, attractive. These are referred to as feature phones. And for me, when I think about a flip phone, I think about a phone that I can flip and uh, stick in my pocket and I don't have to worry about what happens to it. I don't care if I scratch the screen because the screen's not open to me. If I need to make a call, it's small, it works. It, normally they have pretty good battery life. I know you're just dying to say something. What do you I, want to say? I miss flip phones. They came in handy. They did. They were small in the pocket. Yeah. Well, some were. And and you can't you can't hang up on somebody with a smartphone like you could. No, you can't. You can just <laughs> if you stab the screen too hard, you're going to fracture the screen, right. and then that. But there's just the whole something about that flip when you just need to hang up on somebody. Just pop. You know, I miss that. I miss my razor. The razor, you know, that was, but see, the razor was the beginning of the end because then people started making phones fashion statements with the razor. Right. And they're not. 
I never when when uh, did you ever live in a house where there was a phone attached to the wall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How how uh, fashion conscious were those phones? Mm, not really. You could drop them from a seventh floor window and they would survive <laughs> intact, but they were not good looking. They would. Nope, they weren't. They were only meant to run, make a phone call, run, make a phone call. Big honking things. If on you the really wall. wanted to be mobile with it, you could get a big long cord between the handset yeah. and the phone. <laughs> and you, you, could, <laughs> you could have it 30 feet long if you wanted to. Yep, Walk all through the house. Wrap up your kids with it. Wrap it up, strangle <laughs> a few of them that are shorter than you are, that kind of thing. Yeah. That, that was the feature phone of the, of the old days. Nowadays, we use technology a little bit too much. Now, we just had the advent of the new, uh, I don't know what they call it. The, the, Apple has come out with the, with the goggles that you can walk around with, which makes it look like you're a scuba diver, except you're not in water. And you can see everything you're doing, and it's up front and everything, except in pure practicality, it's cool, it's nifty. And if I really got to do some work, which the only thing I use computers for is to edit audio and video and to prepare for this show, and I don't need a set of goggles to go on top of that. I sort of like being able to see things without anything in the way. And, uh, you know, kids, the, 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 upcoming, the Gen Zers and I guess Gen Alpha that's coming up behind them, at what age do we have... Uh, do people get phones now? You got kids? You got any kids with phones? One. How old is he? She? He's 10. 10. Mm-hmm. When did he get a phone? This last year. When he turned 10? Yeah. He takes that to school? Yeah. It's... I can see that because, you know, in the event of an emergency, that's a good thing to have. Yeah, and he turns it on every time, every day he leaves so I can track where he is. Does he have a flip? No, he, he's got a smartphone. Okay. That's the only reason he got a smartphone is because it was free. <laughs> so <laughs> it came with the plan. So I was like, all right, I'll just get him one. Yeah, but Maestro, see, if I were your if I were your heroin pusher, I'd give you your first two fixes for free. Yeah, but you can you can monitor what they're doing on sure. very, very easily. And I we have his phone set up with screen time, so I can deny him access to his phone anytime I want to. Well. And e- even certain apps. When when I was in school though. When we didn't have Instagram and Facebook and and TikTok and all this other stuff, none of the girls had any body images whatsoever. None of the guys had any body images whatsoever. We were not struggling to make sure we kept up on the th- latest, uh, what do they call I think they call it FOMO. They don't want to miss out on anything. Uh, we weren't worried about missing out on anything because, like, if we wanted to hear the latest music, we had to go to Kmart and look in the album section. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it might not have, and I got to say, it was Best Buy. I got to say that the children that I grew up with were much more capable of handling themselves than the children that are growing up now if something goes awry with all this stuff. But I think they recognize it too because a lot of them are turning, the 20-somethings are turning back to the flip phone because Mm -hmm. they don't want to be connected 100% of the time. Well, there's nothing but bad news in these things. I know. You know? So maybe, you know, sometimes it gets kind of depressing just... You know, hearing all this bad news all the time. Maybe that's what it is. So I, I wonder if the if the and, and and here's the other thing. My iPhone 14 cost almost as much as one of my MacBook Pros did one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only reason I have the the 14 is for the for the camera, but I wouldn't have bought it otherwise. Well, yeah, I guess there is that. I mean, there's people that film whole feature films on mm-hmm. iPhone cameras, so I guess there's that if you want it. But how many people are going out there going? 
I'm getting the phone because I'm going to be sure. As a matter of fact, I need 14 of them because I'm going to have multiple <laughs> camera angles. Yeah. Nobody's doing that. No, nobody's doing that. But I, I guess the question becomes, is the salvation of the uh, of the the species, is it based on the fact that maybe we can't handle all the information You know, all that's, the time? that's really funny you say that because I was just talking to my wife about that, about the Internet and how if we as a species, if, if it's too much power for us to control. Well, I, I don't think it's too much for us to control, but I think we just sort of forgot the stuff. And I mean, it's not it's it's not generational. It's not just one generation because I know some older people mm-hmm. that have adopted the internet, and smartphones, and they just love it. Yeah, because yeah. they never had it. You know, they never right. had that. Inst- you know, you had to buy an Encyclopedia Britannica. And, uh, the idea of having a phone in your car, and and they probably handle it a lot more responsibly because they did they they never had it. Like, uh, you know, I don't like know. Some of them, some of them are very smitten with the whole Facebook thing. <laughs> yeah. The but Facebook. The Facebook, because they have fa- <laughs> followers and fans and all this stuff. And I mean, right, right. And as a as a uh, as a simple request out there to anybody, if you ever see me out there and you walk up and you want to introduce yourself, please don't introduce yourself as a fan. That just uh, you know that that idea is just I mean, it's just silly. I'm I'm no better than anybody else out there at anything. Except maybe it looking bald. I look pretty good bald. I I, 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 I handle that very well. He pulls it off well. I, I, well, it's not like I have a lot of choices. But I wonder if the uh, I wonder if the answer to this is to just ditch the smartphone. We got tablets. We got MacBooks. We got uh, we got an array of things out there that we can be online with. Mm-hmm. Maybe just get one that has like a built-in Wi-Fi hotspot. It's a dumb phone. Yeah, I feel like I would use my iPad more. My iPad's really good. Yeah, and I I would use it more if I had a flip phone. But it's 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 big enough to where you don't you're not going to be constantly in it. Mm-hmm. They've got they've got a they've got a YouTube channel in Great Britain where they film they use uh, CCTV, and they get film clips of people in their phones walking into telephone poles. <laughs> that's 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 a YouTube channel. <laughs> that's amazing. Oregon has just found out that uh, legalizing all those hard drugs. That might not work out the way they thought it would. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. CarPro.com talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I'm trying very hard to make it through this first show with this one and not mess it up as I'm going into it. You know, not mess that up. And real quick before we move on, who wants to see the crackberry, I mean the blackberry come back? Who wants to see that one come back? I would take that one. I'd run that all day. The the BlackBerry? Yeah. I don't know about the BlackBerry, man. That's the you know, the mobile nomad. But that one came out that that one came out it was like right after I got out of high school, so I had no use for it, so maybe that's why I don't like it. Well, everybody wants to exist on email today. Yeah. If you call them, you might you might make them mad. Which I just tell them I can't type or spell, so I don't I I gotta call them, but that, <laughs> that's all beside the point. Anyway, on to Oregon, because Oregon is uh <laughs> Well, you you probably heard the uh, the whole uh, 
axiom, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. That was actually written by a guy named George Santayana. And uh, if you look at the leftist policy, you can see that though they forgot the past, and they're repeating it as well. And the latest leftist policy that is uh, right now combusting and falling through into the basement in flames is the Oregonian experiment with legalizing all drugs. It turns out, and you know, this is why I did the Paul Harvey bit last week, if I were the devil. It turns out that if you give people license to sin and if you delete all the moral restraints and barriers out there today, they're going to send themselves to death. And in Oregon, they have this leftist mayor, or not mayor, Governor Tina Kotek. She's walking back the policy and has declared a state of emergency over fentanyl drug abuses or overdoses and abuses. Now, the Founding Fathers, they never forgot the past. It was in their blood. James Madison was a historian. He pored over the history books to determine what form of government would be best for the optimal human potential. He did know that there, with certainty that we needed some form of government in order to function, and he wrote, if men were angels, no government would be necessary. But we're not. And we do need control over certain aspects of the culture and the conduct. In Western culture, it started with the Bible, and the West continued with the laws constraining our propensity toward dangerous vices, you know, the kind that would either harm yourself or somebody else. I happen to agree with R. Delderfield's principle, a few rules but unbreakable. But you still need rules. And that's what Oregon is discovering when it comes to decriminalizing hard drugs. And humans respond to carrots and sticks. And if you're in prison using hard drugs, that's a good stick. And that might deter you. I don't know. Another deterrent, though, is morality. But if you live in a leftist enclave, that's, you know, morality, that sounds like some sort of a body wash. Shampoo, something. What are you washing with now? Morality. Really? You got any despair? Can I have some in a Dixie cup? Now, if you, if you, the best thing to do is not go down that slope, not take that slide. And uh, they've been doing it for a while. They started uh, with the decriminalizing marijuana. And if you were to go into Bend, Oregon right now, you can walk around and just stand on a corner. You don't have to buy nothing. All you got to do is stand there and breathe. You're going to be stoned. Just standing there out in the street. Now, in the 60s, when I was a kid, everywhere had an ashtray. Cars came with ashtrays. They made ashtrays that were part of furniture. Ashtrays, uh, they were so ubiquitous, so big, heavy, sometimes they were even murder, murder weapons. I mean, they were just big, huge things. And cigarettes, no matter how bad they were and unhealthy, they energized people. People used them in lieu of food. And it increased their ability to accomplish things. Of course, it also increased their ability to have lung cancer and a few other maladies that goes with it. And marijuana, unless you're some sort of exceptional savant like uh, Lee Child or Louis Armstrong, it just makes you inert. You're not going to be. You're not going to be psychotic like that one that, like that girl in California that 
took two bong hits and then accidentally stabbed her boyfriend 108 times. Yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> that's that not ridiculous. what marijuana. That's not what marijuana does. <laughs> now she might have been sitting in the corner giggling. Yeah. But she didn't jump up and stab somebody 108 times accidentally because of marijuana. Or maybe she did it like you know, like that. Use that as an excuse. <laughs> and then refer madness. Yeah. yeah. Use yeah. it as an excuse. Yeah. But that's uh, that's what Oregon decided to do. They took the hard breaks off of the hard drugs, and they are doomed now. Doomed. And we get this. Tina Kotek declared a state of emergency in Portland due to the dire increase of fentanyl overdoses just a few years after the state decriminalized drug use. I don't understand fentanyl at all. How is that considered a recreational drug? I mean, fentanyl killed Prince, right? It was a fentanyl overdose of some sort that took him out. I thought it was heroin. Uh, it was something. He had he had he had hip pain. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, if you're taking a drug and uh, you're not taking it, if it's a pain, if you're using it to self-medicate, you better understand that whole dosage breathing thing. Yeah. You better understand that. Scott Wheeland, Stone Temple Pilots. Accidental overdose. Mm -hmm. Dead. Lane Staley. His wasn't accidental. He was just doomed. But he, he died due to drugs. It was heroin with him, right? Right. Yeah. Michael Jackson as well. Michael Jackson, uh, he was taking cocktails. I mean, he had mm – -hmm. he, he, I don't know exactly what he was taking. One of the drugs that they were treating that he died from that they call milk, that was one of the pain drugs they used on me after they opened my chest. Oh. And I'd be laying there going, more milk. Wow. Because it works. Yeah. It works real good. But. Milk of the poppy. Yeah. We're, we're not. We're, <laughs> we're, we are not angels. But at the same time, we do need constraints. And most people, given, the, given a chance to indulge in a vice, if they think there's no consequence for indulging in the vice, most are going to do that. Some that have already done it and paid the price already and have learned the lesson. I don't know. Maybe that's what it takes. Maybe you got to learn the lesson to get past the vice. Maybe that whole idea of the forbidden fruit is, is the issue. Where they say, or, you can't do this, you can't do that. Oh, I really want to try that. That sounds so true. Why can't I do it, huh? Or, or they just don't care about the consequences. Or yeah, that's it's probably completely impulsive. That's probably the other one. But having said all of those things. I just, yeah, Tom Petty. Tom Petty. He 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 died of drugs. Elvis. El, well, Elvis. Uh, yeah. It makes me it 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 sort of makes me wonder, especially with these guys that really have a lot of stuff going on, why they would need to submerse themselves into that. But I'm not a psychologist, and I slept through all of my classes, and I did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express, so I don't spend too much time on that. But uh, I think they, I think you just indulge in it, and then it becomes something that you can't handle, and you get stuck with it. Now, having said that, a great many people, like Ted Nugent, Ted Nugent has never smoked, he's never drank, and he's never done drugs. Mm -hmm. And you can tell it when you talk to him because I can ask him a question and just walk away. Right. He he will speak for five paragraphs without taking a breath. He he is in the the in in the pink. In the, in the epitome of health at his age, he's very healthy. So, yeah, we need, con we need a little constraint in our lives. And 
there's a lot of you that are very disciplined and you're probably never going to go down that road, but it's not you that are the problem. It's the other people. When we get back, all you got to look, do is look at what's running New York city. And you know, right now that hell is unoccupied. This is news talk 98, nine W O R D. All right, carpro.com talk line, one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I want you to understand something. When, when you run up against law enforcement, they have no idea what's about to happen, none whatsoever. So some of them may be a little bit nervous. And the way to alleviate that nervousness and to really push this whole encounter through and be done with it is to simply cooperate. However... If you decide to be confrontational, if you decide that you are not going to take this, if you decide you're going to fight, then you have every expectation, or you should have every expectation, that you're going to take a beating at the very least. If you try to fight the cops, you're going to take a beating, right? So this is why when somebody swings on a cop, the old, the old adage used to be that anybody that would swing on a cop, you can't imagine what they would do to a regular person. And this is why that is that way. Does it make it right? Not necessarily at all. Nope. But given the fact, you know, while, while we sit out there and go, well, there's the way it should be and there's the way it is, and that is the way it is. We got these young guys, young girls, some of them older, whatever. They're out there by themselves. They're making first contact, and they don't know what's going on. And it may just be over an expired tag. But they don't know if you're a desperado or just somebody forgot to pay your property taxes. And they've got to sift through that. So that's why whenever I come up against law enforcement, and when I say come up against them, most of the time it's because I was going too fast. Uh, I don't really do anything to break the law. I drive fast. That's what I do. And when they pull me over and they say, do you know why I stopped you, sir? And I, I say, I don't know the specifics, but I'm sure it's because I was trying to go back in time. Now, New York City... The same unwritten rules exist there. You don't hit a cop. And in the past, doing that puts you at the top of the NYPD to-do list. And you would not be free on the streets for very long. 30,000 officers. That's about the size of a, eh, a brigade or two. I don't know what the, what the, what the uh, strength is nowadays, but that was about what it was with the brigade I was in. They're tasked anywhere with securing a metropolis, a city, a town. In New York, they, you got 30,000 trying to secure a place of 9 million people. And they have to make the thin blue line impenetrable. And that is primarily a matter of life and death. So recently, you had this group of illegal aliens wrestling two cops to the ground and then beating the living mud out of them with their feet and fists, and the thin blue line got thinner, but they got mad. Then they were released without bail, because New York has bail reform. Unless you're Daniel Penny, of course. Now, if you're Daniel Penny, and you touch anybody around their shoulder or something, you are choking them to death.
that's just the way that works out. Now, when the news broke that they were released without bail, uh, they walked out. They saw they saw the cameras. They flipped the cameras off. They were allowed to do that. Then they got some assumed names because they get they get everything else free. Why not a free new identity? And then they uh, took a bus via St. Louis to Calixco, where they can just run across the border again. They need to. And uh, right now, the U.S. Marshals could not do anything about it because they not ha- have not missed their court date. They were released oh, on, on their own recognizance. So they can't do anything with them. So Eric Adams and District Attorney uh, Alvin Bragg basically looked the other way, betrayed their duty, their fiduciary duty, part of the oath they took, part of the, all the stuff they said they were going to do when they, when they ran, and they've, they've already been doing it, but now they really are signaling they're going to do it. So now they're gone. Disappeared without a care in the world. And if Adams and Bragg and Biden and Mayorkas and all the open, open border advocates and politicians were really the ones flipping off disparate American citizens, and I mean, we're over the open border. Nobody, nobody wants the open border. Nobody's out there going, you know, I wish our border was open because this whole uh, naturalization thing, that's a drag. It's much more cool to come through here, get fun, you know, whatever we get on the, on the debit card, the free phone, the free housing. Uh, what's that? That's your kid's school. I want my kids to go there. So kick your kids out. They can remote learn and not socialize and be completely damaged for the re- And I don't care because this is Biden's America. Gosh darn it. Well, that, those days, I, if, there, if we ever existed in a time like that where we were out there saying, well, we should, uh, we should uh, be, uh, we should be letting everybody on the planet that wants into the country, in the country. Um, although the interesting thing is this creates this little dynamic. I'm dying to ask somebody this if they would simply put it out there. Why is it that all of the socialists here in the United States are not trying to get into Venezuela? Why aren't they leaving via the southern border and heading to Venezuela or North Korea, except for that one idiot American serviceman that ran across the demilitarized zone? How, how come we're not? How come these places are not? Day, how come they're not fighting their way into into chi, communist China? So this all began with Obama and Holder, where they set the country down this dangerous path. And uh, the, the the thing, though, the thing, the striking thing about this is all we have to do is look at El Salvador, because El Salvador figured out what to do. And see, the reason the bad, all these bad people like to go into New York is because they won't get put in jail. Apparently, the trend is steal all this stuff in New York, go spend it in Florida. Don't break any law in Florida because you'll go to jail in Florida. Come back to New York, make some, you know, break some more laws. That's that kind of thing. New York City. You can make it there. Well, you're probably an illegal immigrant. Let's talk about Canada because they're, they, they, it's no longer assisted suicide. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD.
carpro.com talk line the name may have changed the destination is still the same 1-800-905-0989 common sense retirement planning text line is 71307 if you're going to exist in a place that has socialized medicine there's going to be euthanasia that's going to be baked in when you because sooner or later sooner or later you run out of money to treat those with a physical or mental illness and then you can go all authoritarian on them if you want to and just kill them all, like the Nazis did with the Jews and the gypsies and the undesirables. Or you can convince them to kill themselves. But what happens if your program is so successful that you run out of people willing to be a and able to participate in this state-sponsored slaughter? And this is Canada's problem now. When they were stuck with a struggle, you know, right now they're stuck with a struggling socialized medicine regime, and they did the inevitable and legalized euthanasia in 2016 under the Medical Assistance in Dying Orwellian moniker. Since then, it's gone about like you might expect it to. First, they came for the terminally ill. Then they started expanding the options for people eligible to have a doctor execute them. One of the more recent expansions is if you're having you know, a bad – like if you lose your job and you're despondent because now you have poverty and homelessness, you can just kill yourself. In Canada, that in the beginning it was unofficial. Now it's official. In March, mental illness, this coming March, unattended by any terminal physical illness, will get people into the euthanasia program, or at least it was supposed to start next month, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Right now in school, while you're a young child in Canada, they will educate you on the wonders of euthanasia, which sounds like some sort of a weird Disney film. Euthanasia. From the world of Disney. Which, they are killing me with some of the things they've come out with here lately. Euthanasia has become Canada's leading cause of death. And the bodies are piling up. And now, they've also gone into the business of organ harvesting. I can just see how that pitch works out. Now listen. All right, so you do, you're homeless you lost your job, you're not mentally ill, you're not physically ill, but you're sad. We'll kill you, and somebody else gets your pancreas. How does that sound? You could be of use again. You could contribute to society. I can just see them getting up there going, well, let me sign up on this, eh? We should have some South Park uh, Canadian voices right about now. This is... Uh, isn't that a disturbing vision of socialized medicine? This is the way it works out. Stop providing medical care for the living, then encourage them to kill themselves, harvest their organs, and then reuse those same organs for people within the country who aren't being encouraged to kill themselves. But if they do get mentally ill, even though they've got somebody else's pancreas or their lungs or their heart or whatever, then you can kill them too, and maybe you could recycle that again. Your, your organs could become multi-use. Three four, three, four times. It'll be like a Netflix science fiction show. Organasia, something like that. But now uh, they're running out of doctors in uh, Canada now. <laughs> because socialized medicine stifles the growth of medical care, too. And that same staff of growth means you don't have enough psychiatrists to process killing the patients because they did bake that in there. You have to go through a... You have to be proven to be sane, which um, I thought 
I thought being suicidal was a form of mental illness. But you have to prove yourself to be sane enough to want the, the government. I, I guess if the government wants you to help you kill yourself, that's okay. So this thing that was supposed to start in March, they, they're having to walk this back because they don't have enough doctors in Canada to evaluate the mentally ill people who wish to die. And uh, let's see. Health Minister Mark Holland, he said, the system needs to be ready and we need to get it right. It's clear from the conversations we've had that the system is not ready. We need more time. Although the curriculum is president, although the guidelines are set, there's not been enough time for people to be trained on them, and provinces and territories are saying their systems are not ready and need more time. This is the kind of thing that they would make, you know, they would bring John Carpenter out of retirement and let him direct the movie. That's what this is. This is one of these things where they're getting out here, and uh, they very much are, uh, I, I got to ask this question. What's the difference between Trudeau and Hitler? What, what's the difference? If you're going to use socialized medicine to kill people, what's the difference? And sure, I know all the military undertones and everything of Hitler and all the things he wanted to do with that and all of the other evil things he was doing. But is it any less evil to get out there and say, we'll make you comfortable? You'll die comfortable. You'll die prematurely and comfortable. You'll be so comfortable. You know, when you think of killer psychiatrists, you can think of Radovan Karadzic. He was a murderous psychiatrist in uh, Bosnia. And then, of course, Mengele always comes up. But a doctor, right, a doctor is supposed to exhaust all means to save a life and still continue to try to save that life until the very end. Not get out there and pick a bunch of specimens for culling. We're going to have permitless carry here shortly in South Carolina, and I got a lot of questions about what's going on with it. So joining us in the next hour will be uh, 2nd District Senator Rex Rice of the South Carolina State Senate. We're going to find out what we can find out about it. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.